House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to House of Run Podcast. I'm Kevin. He is Jason. The email address, houseofrun at gmail.com. Coming off a rare off week in the history of the show. I don't want to say, Jason, that I forgot <laughs> that we didn't record last week, but I forgot to plan that last week was going to be weird because the holidays, you were in Wisconsin. I was coming back from Oklahoma, Yeah, and we just never got on the same page. Or really any page. And then before I knew it, it was Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. How did that happen? So I apologize to everybody. This one's on me. No, no. I'm just as much to blame. Um, yeah, it was just a busy week. Like I said, it was, yeah, I was traveling for work. And then it was holidays. And all of a sudden, yeah, before we knew it, um, I think it was like, yes, yeah, Sunday or Monday. I was like, oh, well, this is this week's episode now, whenever we do this. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, hope you, you know, hope you had a great, everyone had a great holiday. Yeah, and listen, people may have interpreted as, man, these guys really don't like cross-country. They're <laughs> going to choose to skip a week. First week they've skipped in, I don't even know how many years, yeah. how many total. It's a very low number. Is It's going to be right after the NCAA cross-country championships. That wasn't it. That wasn't the reason. It was just work slash travel schedules got all... Mixed up. So here we are. And also, more bad news. It is post-Turkey Trot, and there will be no Turkey Trot yeah. recap this year. Which, it's sad for me, too, because that's my favorite part of the show. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy trying to keep a straight face and, and not break while I do it, and I never succeed. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I love it, but also it's... It's hard to do it every year. Who knows? Maybe is it over? Be, maybe, maybe it'll come back with a fury next year. Maybe it'll be a oh. Jingle Bell Jog version this year. I, who knows? Um, oh, but interesting. But it, it's, it's possible there'll be, there'll be something else. Wow. Okay. I thought it was a short-term thing, so the show might be canceled. No, no, saying. no. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's, it's done, and I, I, I pretty much guarantee it's not the last uh, stupid rambling, um, you know, making fun of fastest two minutes in football thing I do. Okay, we got to get this thing back on track. Then we're we're failing, Jason. We're how many years in? This is like year thirteen, twelve, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, like we're that. in the we're in the uh, we're in the beginning of year thirteen. Is what it is. We're through twelve. Yeah, the old thirteen year itch. Yep, this is when it, all podcasters go through a little bit of a slump on on year thirteen. Maybe that's what we're experiencing. I still love doing the show with you, and I love the emails that we get. Absolutely, uh, I love that people still listen. And maybe it was a fitting time to step aside the turkey trot recaps because I think we reached peak turkey trot with that story out of New York that went viral. Yeah. With the, the two guys racing to the finish line and the one dude <laughs> running another guy into a barrier. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I... You can't get more turkey trot than that, can you? Yeah, and it was, I mean, it's during a turkey trot is the weirdest thing. <laughs> That's, like, you see people sometimes, you know, there's this collisions, there's different things, but it's like, it's a turkey trot, guys. Like, what are we doing here? The guy was more aggressive than anybody running for 
a medal that I've seen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I don't know. He said what? He was like trying to dodge something. I, I don't buy it for a second. I don't think yeah. he was necessarily maybe trying to bash someone into the side, you know, metal fence. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Everybody's he, seen the video by now. Yeah. I'm assuming. If you haven't, just uh, type turkey trot into Google News. It'll be the first one. There's been a lot of reports on the race, too. Like, we have quotes from everybody involved. The guy got disqualified. I thought it was funny. They, like, cited a USATF rule <laughs> to disqualify yeah. him. <laughs> Can you imagine getting geeked from the Summerlin turkey trot? Via a USATF. <laughs> like someone sends you an email. Jason, pursuant to rule, what was it, 139 or something? Yeah, like that's... <laughs> I, I can't... I'm trying to come up with an insane comparison or joke, but there's nothing better than this turkey trot situation. Like there's, there's this, this is this, this is as crazy as it gets. So it's, yeah. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Also a big... Um, like the big week for turkey trots continue. You sent me this because we also like turkey trot shirts too. And you sent me this TikTok. Yes, that someone shared with me um, on, on via, our, via Twitter. So let me uh, let me credit the right person here. And basically, or they sent it to us more accurately. Yeah, she does a deep dive. <laughs> she found the worst turkey trot shirt, basically, and what it, like the text of the shirt commemorates it's important events like is it a joke or is it, it seems like it's real and i, I, I believe think it, it because i we've think seen. it is like i mean I, yeah i think it's a real thing i can't believe it's a real thing but i do think it's a real thing um she's going line by line through the shirt where they commemorated a bunch of events that had happened throughout the history of the turkey trot like world events yeah, it's like the fiftieth anniversary of the turkey trot. So they're like trying to just say, like, "Hey, here's things that have happened in the last fifty years." And, and some of the things are crazy. I don't know. Should I, should I like plug in the audio or something like that to this? You just play part of it, maybe. Okay. Can you play part of it? Yeah. yeah, I can. I can do that. Let's see. And I fear that if I do not do it, nobody will. I'm going to be addressing the t-shirt that my town sent out for the turkey trot this year. I did not trot, but I did get a t-shirt. Before we get started, if you were on the committee for this t-shirt, I don't want to offend you. Also, but I think how did you get a shirt you when you didn't trot? The, nearest hospital. the theme of yeah, the shirt is simple true. and gorgeous. It's 45 years of turkey trotting. 45. The execution is for me. Who's the TikToker? Crawley. C-R-A-W-L-I-E. Gotcha, gotcha. In the middle of the shirt, Cosby Show debuts. Next up, we got Unabomber arrested. And this is great because what? I've always been like, I need a shirt to wear on Thanksgiving that references the Unabomber. We got Rock Hudson dies. We got Jerry Garcia dies. We got Norman Mailer dies. The deaths of Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein both get shout outs on this t-shirt. The shirt does reference 9-11, but it just says World Trade Center. We all know what happened. But this is where it gets fucking crazy. Finding Whoops. Nemo grosses $340 million. <laughs> okay. Is that okay. even a record? Like, why is that on Cut, cut it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... <laughs> $390 She goes on and on. Yeah, uh, and it's it's worth watching. It is very, very funny. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that's a thing. I kind of want the shirt. Um, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> like, well, you have the awesome one from is like Richmond, right? Virginia. You never... We got two, two copies or two 
two shirts. Yeah, I've got a few. I've got you. yeah, the one with the the actual like turkey prints on it. Is that the one? And then yeah, the yeah, screen, yeah. And the screen uh, printed um, real photo. Yeah, which is the ugliest shirt I have, and I wear it proudly. My Morris. County oh, I've got one of those ship. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's in my like top ten rotation. I'm not even joking. I mean, I don't dress that nice, but <laughs> that's the best in terms of best name. And then I almost feel like this is. This has the best. Um, what would you say? The historical. I don't know. If anybody knows where this is from, write in, please, because we need to add this to the collection. Yeah, Chief, I know you ran this uh, <laughs> turkey trot, whatever it is. So uh, if you could just just let us know. Finding Nemo grosses three hundred. Is that even a record? It's it's insane. It's uh, but I but I really really enjoyed it. <laughs> you need a shirt that reminds you that the Unabomber died. Okay, great. <laughs> perfect. Well done. Well done. All right. We got a bunch of news to run through and, and then some emails. Asafa Powell retired. Um, Hassan Mead tested positive apparently after he retired. Uh, strange situation there. Um, NCAA cross-country championships took place. Uh, USATF CEO Max Siegel, his salary got reported out at a cool $3.8 million. We also got the Valencia Marathon coming up on Sunday. What, what would you like to talk about first? I mean, we're late on cross country, but you were you were there. Like, I got to I got to get the full rundown from you of uh, of the experience. Full rundown. NAU somehow did it again, and we had a tie, which means it kicked off all the great tie debates that we've been having on this show. It's and really not complicated, though. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you know, I was watching today. I was watching the World Cup, as I'm sure you were. And there was a strange situation between Mexico and Poland, who were playing two different games, right? But in the same group, mm. they were fighting for the last qualification spot. It looked like they were going to end end up with the same amount of points, which means the first tiebreaker is goal differential, right? Which they were tied on at at the moment. Then it goes to total goal goal scored, which they were tied on. I think at some point they do head to head, and they tied. Um, and it eventually came down to basically yellow cards or red card points accumulated and whoever has wow. the fewest advances. And if you're tied on that, they draw lots. So they draw straws. And I thought, okay, just go to – why not use six runner? You know what I mean? Use a six runner. It's a much better tiebreaker than either of those two. So they ended up – Mexico got bounced because they had more yellow cards than Poland. Ugh. Yes. Poland also had more 800-meter runners, so they also advanced <laughs> because of that. Marcin Lewandowski was great in that game. Um, Their best player is Lewandowski. Of course joke, he is. That's... His name is Lewandowski. But anyway, all that to say, we got to relive that that debate, that tiebreaker debate again. But the fact that NAU's men team, men's team was even in it was crazy because I said pre-show or pre-previewing the show, previewing the, the race, excuse me, I forgot exactly what I said, but I think I told you something to the effect of NAU has a higher, a better chance of not even making the podium than they do of winning. I think so, I, yeah. And I said if they win this one, it's the most impressive of the dynasty, right? And I stand by all of that. Um, and it wasn't a thing where NAU snuck up on the competition. Not that they could sneak up on the competition because <laughs> yeah. they've won so many titles, but – by 2K, you knew that plan. And the plan was, we're going to really go for this thing. 
Nico Young, their number one guy, goes out with Charles Hicks, who was one of the favorites to win for Stanford. But then there's a third guy there. And that third guy is Drew Bosley, who's a great runner. But if you told me pre-race, hey, Drew Bosley's going to finish 15th or 16th, I said, all right, that makes that makes sense. And yeah. him finishing 15th or 16th wouldn't have been a death knell for for NAU. Like they, there's a the world there, there's a world in which they could have won with him running. You know, possibly. Now, in retrospect, they absolutely needed him to get third <laughs> yes. because they wanted a tiebreaker. But I'm just saying, it was so surprising to see those two up there and nobody else close. And that really set the rest of the team up perfectly. And it just leads me to this conclusion. As much as distance running should be predictable, right? Because there's not a ball involved. There's not false starts involved. There's not hurdles out there, right? It should be somewhat predictable. And I know cross country is a little harder to predict because they race so infrequently. So you don't really know who's in good form. But man, NAU coaching staff has it figured out, right? They have this formula because talent-wise, there were teams that were just as good, and, and I think if not better this year. It wasn't an issue of like, oh, NAU just like looked bad during the regular season because – and they have this insane talent and they can just overwhelm everybody. Yes, they have awesome guys on their team. I just mentioned two of them and, and their whole you know top five, top seven is, is, is legit. But Stanford's really good. Oklahoma State's really good, right? BYU's re- like they didn't have an overwhelming talent advantage. It's just Mike Smith, and he talked about it afterwards. Just the experience of being there, that they've they've cracked the code on this race, and they did exactly what they need, and they won it in a tie. Which you can okay, that's basically a coin flip, right? Or literally a coin flip at yeah. that point. Um. Because if they did go to six runner, then Oklahoma State would have won. But I my my point is like they had no business even being in the race, based on how they ran this year, and they did it. They did it again. It made me feel really silly picking against them. I'm never gonna pick against them <laughs> again. Like I'm just I'm just not going to do it. And I know you could go through and look and say, hey, they had just as much, if not more, talent than everybody. And just I mean, I'm comparing them to their other the other teams. And I, I don't feel like this team had as much talent as the other ones, and yet they were still able to do it. And I just think he's figured something out with this race. And part of it was that bold strategy. Okay, those two guys go out hard, and that's going to kind of pull along the rest of the field. And then their three, four, and five guys can find their spots and know exactly where they need to be. And again, it feels a little bit like a football coach mapping out a game plan ahead of time. Right? It doesn't seem like it would work for cross country. Oh, I'm going to go here and then this other guy is going to go there. It, it, it seems over-engineered, but I saw it with my own eyes. I, I kind of believe it now. It's, 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 it's incredible what they're doing. Yeah. In general, with cross country, I'm always like, I, it, I, I sometimes think that the tactics of it are overrated because I'm like, hey. Sure, me too. Me too. Because I'm like, if you're... Like I, I, I think I pack running. I know it works, and many teams have done it, and blah blah blah. But I'm like, hey, if you have a dude who can win the race, maybe you shouldn't have him tuck into eighth, tenth with yeah, his yeah, teammates. Yeah. Like that's dumb. And I'm sorry, maybe it's proven that it's not, but I will always believe that's dumb. So letting Nico Young and 
like go out and like try to win the race and get the lowest points possible seems like a good strategy to me and maybe that's crazy talk um well they need every point too no exactly but i mean in general it's like why in what world is that not like i guess you could say well if they stayed together then their fifth place guy wouldn't have finished 36th he would have finished 33rd and then it's like there's but you're running the ncaa cross you know the championships like there's 100 you know 200 runners 255 yeah okay so there's no shortage of people to run with and sure maybe there's a benefit to running with your teammates or or whatever yeah but like I don't know, let your let the dudes go. <laughs> like let the dogs eat. Yeah. Like, what do you what do we I I don't think it should be more complicated than that. And well, I'm not saying like to undercut you're saying like he's a great coach and I I agree obviously the the success is there. But as far as like strategy I'm just like I mean they have great runners like let them let them go out and do their things. Like we don't yeah. have to make this more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, the the strategic decision wasn't in letting him go hard. The strategic decision is like what that forced the rest of the field to do. Right. Which, again, you know, you don't know it 100% because you, you don't have an asked every single athlete in the field. Like, why did you go? But when you set a harder pace in a race that big, it's usually going to pull people along. Now, there was a big gap. So it's not as if everybody went out hard. But like, they're, they're three, four, and five guys. Um, mid-season like they never showed any signs that they were capable of what they did right so the story is really how did how did that come to be and sure you know mike smith talked about early in the season like the big the wisconsin meet which everybody keys up for because that's where you score all your points to qualify for the national meet he talked about he had kind of screwed up on the preparation right in terms of workouts but they were way back and they performed way worse. I don't have the, all the stats in front of me, but Gordon, who follows this stuff closer than anybody, told me. Like, nobody's finished that badly at Wisconsin and gone on to win the national title, mm-hmm. right? So it, it just makes me think, okay, okay, part of that was self-inflicted. I'll believe that. Right. But the, but, but the other part of it is, however badly they screwed that one up, they were able to equally make up for it in this race through – some sort of strategic acumen. And maybe it's not just the physical part. Maybe it's the mental part of it too. Like he's got something figured out where he can get just, he can, he's figured out how to get like his, his role players, if you will, to finish 36th. And that's huge. Cause you yeah. combine that with a young and a Bosley and there you go. But I mean, six and seven years. Um, oh, yeah. And the one that they lost was the one where they were arguably the biggest favorite and that one was very strange because like that one almost seemed like a tactical mess up because it was so muddy and wet in Terre Haute that day and they didn't get out and their guys were just completely buried and they never made and never made it up and then you have a guy like Luis Grijalva who is now fifth or got what fourth in the world in the 5,000 got like 60th that day or something like that like just these insane you know places that you would not believe if someone told you but that's sort of how weird that race is. I just, again, yeah, maybe we overrate that strategic element of it, but I believe it more now than I ever have. doesn't mean I'm 100% in that direction, but I believe it is a factor more so than I ever have. Because I'm like you, hey, let's just not over, it's not overcomplicated. Like the best teams are always going to win and da-da-da-da-da. But they just, they had no business winning it this year and they managed to do it. And, and it was, it was, 
it took you two kilometers into this race to be like, oh gosh, <laughs> here we go. Like, what was I? Why did I bet against it? Right? It's just, it's like picking against, I don't know, like a, you know, the prime Bulls or prime Lakers, right? And maybe they had like a subpar regular season, and then they get a couple games into the playoffs. You're like, oh, okay, well that was fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were they they know how to win, like. When the fourth quarter comes or when the NCAA championships come, like they know how to push all the right buttons to get to get this result. It's just very impressive. Because Oklahoma State ran out of their mind too. Like what was it what was it? It was tied at eighty six, right? Is that the, the eighty three. Oklahoma State ran eight got eighty three on their home course and couldn't win. Like they had guys you know, run the race of their lives out there. Um and NAU just took their best punch and managed to get it. Now And they should have won. Right. In my opinion, now everybody knows the rules going in, so I'm not that, that's the thing. Is I yeah, I'm not saying like, hey, this is you know, this is BS. Like yeah, you said, if the rules are set going in, it's a bad rule. That's just my yeah. opinion on it. And they're not going to change it. Nobody, a lot of people didn't know what it was, even of on site there because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent They also the score stuff was crazy too because initially it showed it o- Oklahoma State, and then they all cheered. And then NAU's score popped up ahead of them by a point or something. And then there was just this huge groan. Then they showed it again, and the margin was like 40 points for Oklahoma State. I was like, that's weird. How did it change that quickly? But it turned out they didn't have a – they hadn't scored one of NAU's runners in there. So oh, it was screwed okay. up. And then it switched for a fourth time. Now, all this is happening with like a 90-second period, which you have hundreds of runners crossing the line. Like we need all, we all need to calm down with our expectations about how quickly we're going to find this stuff out. So, uh, it just it was the mood swings, and then they had Nevada sh- counting the uh, <laughs> runners for great, great reference. Hey. I love it. Uh, but then it eventually showed a tie. But then NEU was listed first, and then we're all like, "Wait, is that just because they listed them first, or did they calculate their the ma- You know, and it's one versus one, two versus two, three versus yeah, three. I know we talked about this before, and I don't know if it was NCAA's or something else that also yeah. used this tiebreaker system. Um, uh, I think it's World Cross, right? Because, I say, oh, maybe they don't was, have enough people. Yeah. They have fewer than they, they May, score fewer. And runners, maybe so. you could give me more of an argument, like if it's like, hey, most of these teams don't have it, but like, yeah, NCAA's these, these all these teams are running seven guys. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just don't, I don't see the, the you know the logic in it. I think there's you know, I, I like that the sixth runner can come into coming to play i think that's that's cool um you know either way i mean it's high like i mean it's one team's gonna feel like just Crap. brutalized at the end Crap. you know no matter what Crap, yeah. um but it's just yeah i just think the six runner to me makes a lot more sense yeah the argument against the six runner and for the current system that has been explained to me is basically you're removing all the other teams from it Right, you're pretending like it's a dual meet at that point. So, mm. you know, BYU's fourth guy shouldn't dictate who's better between Oklahoma State and NAU, right? You're just you're distilling it down to a dual meet between two teams and seeing who's better. But my point is, yeah, those people those people were in the race. Yeah, the, yeah, they're in. They the were race. competing directly. Yeah, yeah, like that. All of their – the presence of all those athletes impacts everybody else. And it's not a one-on-one. It's all 31 teams 
competing simultaneously against each other, right? It's the first round, second round, quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship, like really all at once. That's what yeah. a cross country race is. And no tiebreaker is gonna be no tiebreaker is gonna be perfect and it happens in very I don't know. It doesn't happen that often, right? So No, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a rare thing. I mean, I don't know. I haven't run a four by four against each other. Like I think I mean that's that that'd be fun. No, I think my first choice is six runner, and then you talked me into total t- or a listener when we had this debate five years ago or something back when the show was good about <laughs> total time. Total oh, yeah. time total time makes more way more sense to me than because then if you really want to know who's better. Yeah. It's like that time that is goes way a step yeah. Well yeah, that that goes a step beyond the the whole idea of let's make it a dual meet. It's like, okay, well, yeah, but if my number one runner beats your number one runner by 45 seconds and then everybody else comes in within this tiny little time frame, it's like, and my, my number one runner only scores one fewer point, right? That's how, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah. There should be more, there should be more points there. So I think total time would actually be the better representation of which team is, is better, but Six runner is just so clean. It's so neat. And then, yeah, you know, you, you hear works, the pushback of, yeah, you hear the pushback of like, what if they don't have a six or what if they don't have a seven or they get hurt or whatever. And it's just like, well, that's the breaks. Like, yeah, that's you, you don't win the tiebreaker. You get, you don't lose your second place finish or whatever place you were in. You just aren't going to be winning the tiebreaker. And that's fine. Yeah. I saw no, some. Yeah. I think having a, having a good six runner is beneficial not just for that either. It's like sometimes your fifth runner or your third runner or whoever it is yeah. is bad or gets yeah. hurt or whatever it is, and they have to step up. And so having a better six runner is good. I was just pumped we could talk about tiebreaker again. Exactly. That's, that's, all, that's what it's all about. Absolutely love it. Uh, women's side of things, much less surprising. We thought it was going to be Tui versus Valby, uh, and it ended up being Tui versus Valby. Valby had a 12-second lead at one point, which was uh, – Looked to be, I thought it would be enough. Other people didn't. Right. Yeah. I ended up being wrong. The other people ended up being right. She caught her on that last big hill. That's a tough course too. Should mention that's that's no joke. There's a there's a solid hill there uh, coming into the finish that they do. I guess yeah. They I guess they do it twice, um, but particularly difficult coming into the finish. And we saw a couple of years ago when they had them meet in March, people were just completely falling apart in the last kilometer and like collapsing. It was it was tough. I mean, it was warmer that day too. But um, Tui Tui Cotter Valby's going to be great, I think, moving forward. Oh yeah. Um, and then NC State women got the got the victory over New Mexico. So that was not as that was not as surprising. Was not as dramatic. It, the race is shorter too, so you see like there's fewer updates i guess before it you you reach the climax whereas on the men's side of things is like it's just going on forever and ever and it's like three points two points it's one point like it just kept bouncing back and forth and back and forth but um i think we'll see a bunch of tui and valby going forward too like they're pretty they're gonna be pretty evenly matched i think so that that that, that could be the ncaa for the next season or so Indoors, outdoors, cross country. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, like you said, it, it seemed like this was more to form in Tui's great. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the matchups of those going forward is just going to be going to be awesome. So, 
So Valby's coached by Chris Zielinski at Florida. And I, I got to talk to him afterwards. I was like, does she remind you of you at all? <laughs> Just like, the, you know, totally going for it. Because she put it on the line. I mean, she didn't go from the gun. Like she waited a little bit, but she made a move and then and then moved. And he had talked about how someone had told him when she ran outdoors and made like a big move. It's like, oh, that's you. That's you out there. So it's just interesting to see, um, you know, at high school, everybody's fast and your decisions of how you choose to approach a race. Don't, when you're that much better than everybody don't really matter. And they don't really matter in a lot of college races too. Cause you're just, if you're just so much better than everybody, you go out and beat them. But it is interesting to see what type of runner athletes turn into in championship settings. You know, because there's the people who are just going to be always going to be super confident in their kick. There's going to be people who are going to try to push the pace a little bit more. So I, I'm kind of curious what, what Valby will do going forward, like what type of runner she'll, she'll turn into. But I mean, she's a huge talent. I mean, that I know people don't pay attention too much to the cross country times, but the marks she was putting up on, on these courses this year were, were pretty nuts. Yeah, no, I'll be, I mean, I, you know, obviously don't follow this nearly as closely as you do, but, um, you know, I'd heard the name, but now I'm, uh, yeah, just excited to see yeah. if she can do a track. She's going to be good. I mean, she's going to, the times are obviously going to be ridiculously fast. There's going to be a fast 5,000, you know, that traditional indoor BU 5,000 this weekend that a lot of athletes get their uh, qualifying marks out of the way on. So I don't know. It's been insanely fast in years past. I don't see why it would be slow. So you'll probably see some fast times. We'll talk about those ones next week, but. Yeah, it was my second trip to uh, Oklahoma. Uh, someone in the bar the night before wanted the Thunder game on, so that was interesting. Mm, all right. My response was, "Why?" Just kidding. <laughs> you know, they got some talent. They're 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 kind of fun. Ugh. I was like, "Are we in a Seattle bar?" Oh wait, no. This oh, is, oh man, yeah, brutal. To who? No, I'm defending. I'm not. I'm on. I'm on Seattle side on this. No, that's what I mean. To, to yeah. the Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, which just I don't a, blame you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I. I, you know, I feel bad for Seattle still. Oops. Yeah. Getting a call. Yeah. It's just um, they need to give back the the banners and the trophies and stuff. That's oh, speaking of which, Spurs Thunder three point game right now. So okay, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll keep talking. It's gonna about. be a good one. Good. <laughs> I was cold though. It was exactly what I expected. Not as cold as you probably were in Green Bay though. Yeah. No, that was yeah, that was really cold. I mean, I was luckily only there for I don't know twenty six hours or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was in the twenties pretty consistently, mm. um, and I didn't spend much time outside because uh, you know it's pretty bad. But uh, yeah, overall good. You know, checked out a brewery as I always do anytime I go to a new city. Very nice people. Um, well, yeah. yeah, what it's a good time. What, what was the name of the brewery? They have a cool name. Uh, Anahapi, and uh, I, I, whoa! It's a it's a Native American name. Okay, and uh, I am bad at pronouncing everything, but uh, really, really cool little spot. Uh, what's that? I was I was say Anahapi and A N H A P E E. Yeah. Did you go to some of the same places you went to last time? Um. So I was. Are we in a different place? No, no it was same. I mean, same same city. Um, okay. But uh, let's see. I went to a Culver's, great uh, <laughs> fast food place out there. Um, enjoyed that. And uh, the Midwesterners will be chiming in on that one. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good spot. I I enjoy that. And then, uh, but yeah, I didn't. Like I said I literally got in at like 
3, 4 p.m. on Monday, and my flight took off at like 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday. Mm. It's ideal. You're traveling, man, now. It's awesome. I know. Yeah, I'm... uh. Yeah, so I'm all over the place. I don't know. I'll probably have to be in Ohio for, for New Year's. So we'll see how that goes. Wait, literal New Year's? Yeah. For work? Yeah. <sighs> Get time and a half, I hope. Ah, uh, salary. <laughs> so no. I'm just saying. Yeah, I I <laughs> but maybe I'll see the legendary Cincinnati. I don't know. I'm going to be kind of in different spots. but. Oh, man. Dude, you got to hit up our guys. Yeah. I, I'm, all, all of our people. I'm going to figure out exactly where I'll be at. Um, I, it's kind of all over the state is where I'll be. So I'm figuring it out. Okay. Ohioans, now's your chance. Right in. Jason's going to be all over your state apparently on New Yeah. Year's if you Eve. tell me to get a, ch- a dog, a hot dog covered in cheese and chili. Um, Four ways. I'm going to have to do it. I know. I, I'm, I'm into it, but it looks insane. The fifth way is with beans <laughs> you, you, you stick with me on this one all right so that's cross country uh we talked a little turkey trot with that story about the guy getting run into the rail um oh a softball retired 40 years old uh retired he he ran this year a few times i was to say i i was gonna my first thought was no he's been retired for a while what are you talking about kevin but then mm-hmm. i was like no i do remember him showing up it seemed like he's and it's off had a great career, like really, mm-hmm. really great career. But it was one of those things where it's like, all right, it's been a it's been a bunch of years since he's been relevant, right? And yeah. he was kind of just one of the like good ambassadors of the sport guy, right? Who's just like, hey, that's a legend right there. He's mm-hmm. broken. He's broken ten six thousand times. Ninety seven. Oh, he ended up ninety. He didn't break. Oh, he didn't do a hundred. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, you know, we 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 did a lot of jokes at a soft pal's expense. Um, because if you looked at his career and his times and everything like that, you probably would have said, Hey, he's going to, he, he won a bunch of gold medals, didn't he? And okay. I want to do some trivia with you then. You'd be wrong. Let's do some trivia. Okay. How many times did he break the world record in his career? Ooh. Twice. Correct. Okay. How many individual medals did he get at world Outdoor championships or Olympics? So I know he didn't ever get gold. Um, but I'm sure he, he got... I know he got some. Uh, I'm going to say three. Two. That's kind of insane. I thought three was underselling it, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Two bronzes. 07 and 09. All right, last trivia question. When was the last time he broke 10 seconds? When was his 97th Ooh. sub 10? Uh, I'm going to say, let's see, he's just retiring now, but I'm going to think. That's wind years. legal too, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to say 2019. Two, 2016. Wow. Okay. It's been a really long time. Yeah. I just assumed he ran a random 998 somewhere. Well, and I bet those first couple years he was trying to just see, could he get to 100? Because that would have been amazing if he like that's it you're, you're right like he never had the moment he never had the gold medal and then bolt came along and it was never going to be but just from the, sh- the sheer totality of 97 times going under 10 seconds win legal that's just that's one of those i don't know when we're going to see that again Tw- 2000 i think you guys first one was in 2004 so 12 years of breaking 10 
that is pretty that is pretty nuts um and it's not like you know he was a 9-9 guy his whole career like i mean he you know like you said he broke the world record twice um he ran 9-7 multiple times uh it just seems crazy that you know he didn't even even if you go well bolt came along kind of ruined his his gold medal chances you know fine but like shouldn't he have decent amount of silvers and other things too like it just it's one of those things that just didn't work out yeah it never did i mean there was injury issues as well too but then there was just the fact of like he would just would underperform in championships that was just yeah i mean that's three yeah no no absolutely that's that's the absolute truth of it it's really hard to deny uh it's a bummer um but uh still a great career but yeah Yeah. it's definitely one of those things where you just go man he he should have had so much more so, 04, I was right, was the first sub-10. 987 that year. So, yeah, he had he had three three full Olympic cycles where he was breaking 10 seconds. It's, and the, the year before, in 2003, he was a 10.02. That's what, and in 2017, he was a 10.08. It wasn't like he was just completely irrelevant. At that 2019, uh, 10.02. So ah, he almost got, he so almost got another one. Yeah. In the last last couple of years, ten five and and ten four, but yeah, he is officially retired now. I mean, do you think we'll? When do you think we'll see another? Do you think we'll see a hundred sub fours or sub <sighs> sub fours? A hundred <laughs> sub tens in a career? I. Don't. If so, what date exactly will the hundredth come? Yeah, on? I, I don't think it's like I mean. It, I mean, not that you have to be a top-level guy to run 9.9, but you kind of have to be a 9.8 guy at least to rack up 8 to 12 sub-10s a year. Um, and, and you, have, you to have to race a lot, a too. Yeah, that's what I My mean. My thing is, like, you have to, who's going to race that much? Yeah, so it's like you have to... I don't know. And, and then just be good for 10 years. Like, that's yeah, really hard to do. Yeah, no, I... You know... <clears throat> never say never because it'll probably happen at some point, but like I don't foresee it anytime soon. I think we're I think we're several decades away. Yeah, I think the main the main issue is that who's going to be racing that much nowadays. I don't want to be all like back in my day, and I, it feels weird to say like, oh yeah, <laughs> Asafa Powell is from a different era where guys raced right. a ton because it feels like he's from this era. But I mean, just think of it this way: if you have a a 10-year career, you got to do it 10 times in a year? Yeah. If someone ran 10 100-meter finals, man, we have some of that, but... And I guess they don't have to be finals, right? They could be... Okay, well, 10... Yeah, but 10... You have to run 10 high-quality... Yeah. That's the thing, is, yeah. ...in a year for 10 years. So you're figuring you're running at least 13, 14 a year, probably, because, you know, you're going to... That that, that first round of the World Championships, you're probably not running... You know, you're going to... You're going to run 10-0, and, you know whatever but yeah it'll have to be somebody who's who's just kind of i don't know who, who's a nine seven guy probably and so his taking it easy is going to be you know nine nines and then still though running in yeah. 10 yeah. times a year right or, exactly. know, it's just, just just absurd well then what happens if you get hurt a year yeah or you only do it five one year well you gotta get 15 the next year or average out. How many? How many did Bolt do? I mean, I, I I'm not going uh, to go through counting these, but it had to be someone. I saw someone posted. Had to be half that. I think it was in the 60s. Okay. Um, and obviously did not run often. You know that was that was Bolt. 
No, but he had a long career time wise. Kind of. Yeah. I guess he ran I guess he was ten years, basically. Yeah. I guess not crazy long, but also not short either. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. It yeah. There there's people who have had longer careers, but um all right, let me look, see if I can do this for Bolt real quick. I'm gonna hit the return key. So two thousand nine. So we got nine nine three, but that's wind. Nine nine one, ten oh, nine seven seven, wind. Ten one, ten one, nine eight six. My way is gonna be faster. Hold on, I'm I'm getting close. To oh, it. I was just going with one year. I wasn't gonna count uh, oh. things. But I was just saying, like a prime year, two thousand nine, world record year. Yeah. And not to mention, could wind wind can screw you in this? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, so in this this year. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. He ran 1,500 meters. Granted, four of them were at the World Championships. <laughs> you know, three were national championships. Yeah. But he still ran 15 times, and he only got seven sub-10s. Legal. I think the number is 52 total. 52. Wow. I, I think Gatlin is the one who was in the 60s. So... Yeah, he's about half. <laughs> you thought it was more, right? Yeah, well, with Bolt, I th- I thought I was guessing about fifty, because um, I said about half. I mean, that just just and my main thing with him was like, eh, I didn't run enough. Yeah, you know, um, like two thousand eight, he he ran sub 10, 10, 10 times. So that's you know, that's the pace. But I'm gonna guess that's the only year he did that. I think Justin Gatlin is sixty four. But I don't know if that I don't think that counts sus, the suspension ones. It's anyway. It's in this. It's in the sixties. Um, but that's cr- like how much of an outlier is Powell? Oh yeah, thirty more than the next per- closest. Pretty wild. All right, next topic. Ready? Yeah. Let's keep it moving here. Uh, Hassan Mead. People might have seen the news. Hassan Mead uh, tested positive. For a performance-enhancing drug, you saw it announced it on Tuesday. Mead, of course, really good five and ten thousand meter runner for the U.S. Made the Olympic team in 2016 in the five and 2017 won USA's in the ten. Um, so he's suspended for three years, but there's a twist in the story uh, because he is. He said he's retired. Um, he was tested. In October, the middle of October, um, for and it tested positive for for two uh, substances that were banned. Um, he's since given interviews, and people around him have given interviews explaining that that he was retired. Basically, he ran pre classic, and then said that that was his last race, but then kept going. Um, John at Let's Run has a write up. Uh, on this story with quotes from Hassan about how he kept going to USA's just because he, he kept training through to USA's because he had an obligation to do it, but then didn't run at USA's and hasn't run since. So that would be what? End of June. Is that right? Yeah. End of June. So kind of a strange situation. Um, I talked to his agent today, Stephen Haas, who was in, in Austin for, um, the running event, which is going on, um, and there's a cross country, pro cross country race here as well too. Um, asked him about it. He, you know, he just basically said it's a shame because 
He's had this long career, but he never declared himself retired, which means he stayed in the testing pool. I should also mention a key point from John's story is um, Hassan Mead thinks he got the substance from a drink at the gym where he's working out and trying to gain some weight. So what do you what do you think about all this? This is kind of sh- – we've seen people get banned and get like mistest violations like once, once they're retired. Yeah. I was trying to think, who was it who missed their test, but they were like, dude, I haven't retired. Like, why am I? Sean Crawford, Crawford happened with okay. him. And then Chris Chris Lukezik, I think, just didn't take the test. Um, Mead took the test, and then it came back positive. So take from that what you will. But, yeah, he doesn't have a result since pre, and it was a DNF. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I mean – People could say I'm always the sucker. I always believe everybody, but overall, it's like it seems like he's retired, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't, if you decide not to run USA's, and this, you know, as far as we knew, he wasn't there wasn't injuries. It was just like he did, dude didn't run. Um, you know, you could say I guess like, hey, why why even take the test if they come? Just be like, eh, I'm I'm out. Maybe that'll get me to to do it. But I guess you just go, what's the harm? All right, I'll take the test. Um, M- might not have thought he. Was going to test positive. Well, I, yeah, and I would, I would assume he didn't think he was going to test positive. Um, yeah. But. Also, if you refuse the test, then that's a. That's a bad th- look. That's an issue, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't. You know, I I think it's it would obviously be a bummer. Like, you know, you're just like, hey, he lost his, you know. Just, just to, to go out, like, being like, wow, was this guy cheating all along? Like, I don't really. I'm not, I'm not buying that. You know, yeah. so I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a bummer because I get it. You don't want anyone to think of you that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe, I mean, I believe him overall. Like, I just don't think, you know, it's that big of a big of a thing, even though it's it is a positive test. Like, the dude seems like he's retired. Yeah, because you're usually more. What's the word forgiving than I am? I guess is the word. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still probably on... I mean, I'm not massive doping conspiracy guy. I think there's enough of those on the internet. That's never been my... I think... I just think things sometimes are simpler than we believe. Are there people cheating in the sport? Absolutely. Do we know everybody who's cheating in the sport? Absolutely Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. We don't. I was going to say absolutely for that, too. I have a list, and I will now read them. um, Coming up at the bottom of the hour. But I also accept this explanation because we also have a lot of people corroborating saying he was retired. And if he was, and you could say, well, why is he taking a banned substance? Well, if he's retired, it doesn't really, that's his business at that point, what he's doing, right? Like what, what what he's taking and, and, and I don't know what Austerine and uh, these things are, you know, like, I mean, it's, yeah. And if he wanted to get the drink tested, I guess you could take it to that level, but even still, who ca- I mean, it doesn't really – does it matter if he was retired? I mean, the, the, the bigger issue is figuring out was he actually retired because if he wasn't, right, and then he's planning on coming back, then then that would be a problem, and that's why they banned him. There's also this whole thing with track, which I say over and over again. Nobody knows the rules, right? Like, because there's so many of them, and I don't blame them, and there's so many people involved. So the process to remove yourself – as we've mentioned a couple other athletes who who didn't know how to do it, it it or didn't do it, 
Um, it's completely believable to me that he just didn't get around to doing it or didn't think he needed to do it. And then they're at your door and you're like, all right, I'll just take the test. Um, because, right. So either he was planning on coming, like if you're looking at this from the, with the, with the most, uh, heaviest level of suspicion that something was going wrong. Um, either you're, you're worried about two things. He's been doing it this whole time and been getting away with it. Right. Or two, he did it this time and he was faking retirement despite not – now, I I don't have his training logs in front of me, but there's been enough people quoted and there's no race results. You'd think he would have popped up in a turkey trot or something somewhere. Like so if he's not faking his retirement, um, then it really just comes down to, all right, well, why did you – you know, why did you fail it? And if you're failing it because you're taking something that – in in your in your role as a non professional athlete, you're a civilian now. You can do this stuff, right? right. Like there's no one. There's no one. USADA is not knocking on your door, right, Jason? And and figuring out like what's in your your drinks that you get at the gym. I just I don't know. Like I'm I find myself believing this story, and I'm sure we'll get emails telling us we're idiots, right? But I believe it. Yeah, I, I do it. too. I it's you know. It just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't smell fishy to me. Some of them do, some of them don't. But overall, it's like, I don't know. Well, yeah, look at look at recent race history. Look at, you know, where he's at in his career. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. So, I think it's much more likely he would have gotten busted sooner if this was, was the case, so. Yeah. Well, and this is what, I was talking about it with, with Gordon this morning. I was like, if he just, if he posted a month ago on social media, I'm retired, I think it would have made a whole oh, then, bit then of difference. Everyone would have shrugged at this completely. They'd have been like, oh, that's funny. And Well, they would have said, oh, you didn't turn your paperwork. But yeah. now it's, oh, he didn't turn his paperwork, and he also never officially announced it, so maybe there is something here that we're not seeing. But I just, once we started to get quotes from, from people involved, say, and, and people who know him and had talked to him about how he had kind of moved on with his life, it made a bit more sense. Now, does that mean it's impossible for someone to stop, you know, start doing this stuff late in their career? No. Of course, yeah. But it just it yeah, again, it it, it looks like this is the case of a retired retired athlete. So, next topic. What do we got next here? Um, Max Siegel in the news. 3.8 million dollars salary. Runners World story about it. I don't know how much you want to get into this. Did you did you think this was noteworthy in any way, shape, or form? Uh yeah, a little. I mean, a little bit. Like I could, you know, saw some uh, unhappy athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. hard to blame them because you kind of go, "Hey, what what did he do? Why did he earn three point eight million dollars?" Yeah, fair fair question, right? Right. Yeah, I'm just you. You made three point eight million dollars. Like, what do you do? What would you say? you do here like that's all i want to know is like why did he deserve this did he has he changed the sport has he grown usatf like in a meaningful way that i'm not aware of i don't know maybe i'm just missing it uh we had the world championships jason in the united states i know ceos make lots of money and that's not a surprise like yeah certainly my my Reaction to this was not surprised. Like, I'll say that straight up. Yeah. Um, but it seems like his salary is, like, 
grow continues to grow. Yeah, um, that's true. Yep, year after year, and you know, USASTF is a nonprofit, and I know that still means you have to pay people, but mm-hmm. yeah, it seems seems way too high. <laughs> Straight up. Do you know what I looked up? Adam Silver's salary. Do you know what it is? Oh, it's. I mean, I'm hoping it's more than this. Ten million. Yeah, and you know what? NBA makes a little bit more money than track and field does. <laughs> Just, you know, like I'm not. I, and you could say, hey, Adam Silver doesn't deserve that, and I'm not going to argue with you too much there either. But he's at least behind a league that just like prints money, and where franchises are worth billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, with a B. Yeah, I, I just you know, I don't know. I, I'd be yeah. I just like what what is he you know. We're both baseball fans now that Kevin's fully on board. Like, <laughs> what's his value over replacement CEO? Yeah, that's the that's the question I have. Like, what would be different if he's not? Now, you need someone there, though, right? And you could say that about a lot of people and a lot of different jobs, right? Like, if I replaced – if your younger brother, Kyle, is like replaces Bezos tomorrow. Yeah. Like, what happens? First of all – Mandatory backwards hats, obviously. <laughs> Everybody going to the warp tour. Does that still exist? No, it's gone. I, okay. Uh, you know, I think it does still exist. Um, Kevin's uh, picture of my brother re- remains from when we were in high school. And, of course, it and he be. was, and he was a, you know, a, a middle Fifth schooler. So, but yeah, now so. it's, it's, so it's, it's. I enjoy it every time that uh, yeah. you, you bring it up. But like, my point is, Amazon's still making money. Right. Yeah. Like, so y- you could do that. You you could play that game with everybody, but I think you're right in this case because you can't really point to any tangible thing other than he signed or when he was CEO, they signed that Nike contract for forty years or whatever. Yeah. That locked up the sponsor. Now, how hard was that? I, was just, I mean, Nike <clears throat> Nike has these ties. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it, but Nike's tied to running in a way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this guy named Phil. Nick. Weird how that works. Yeah, I, I'm not going to give him too much credit on that one. Um, you know, he's just not around either. That's yeah, the weird he's, thing. He's whatever. Like, he's. I'm not <clears throat> saying he's bad at his job, but I don't know if he's good at his job either. Like I don't yeah. know. He he doesn't post at all. Not that you have to just post a bunch on social media, but like, come on, man, be like more like Elon <clears throat> Musk. Post yeah. a lot on Twitter. Be like Durant. Uh He's not doing that a lot. I remember there were two instances during the World Championships when he spoke to the media. One was at the very end where there was a press conference with him and Sebco and maybe a couple other people. And the questions primarily went to Sebco because it was international press. And then there was another press conference that he called in the middle – like it was in the middle of the meet, like during five K heats, I want to say, and that was it. And it was talk about some initiative. I think John Carlos was there with him, but like you just you would have thought U.S. Championships, he's going to be all over the place, right? Talking to yeah. everybody, and and again, that doesn't make you better at your job, but I think part of that role being forward facing is communicating a bunch with the public about what you're trying to do and what your vision for the sport is 
and you see him quoted every now and then, but it just there's just he just doesn't seem as present as yeah. you'd expect. So then you throw in the money in with it, and this is mostly just an athlete thing, right? Because it's they're the ones who feel like they're getting wronged because this person is in charge of the organization that they compete for when they compete at world championships and Olympics. And he's making a lot more money than those athletes who are just barely scraping by. So it doesn't win you any goodwill is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, you could be like, well, Adam Silver makes more than some NBA players. It's like, sure. But when you're all millionaires, it, it hits a little different. Yeah. And Adam Silver is way better than your brother would be at that job. <laughs> Bezos, I'm not sure on, but yeah. Adam Silver, definitely. But like, yeah, if I just remember, and people could probably go look this up, like when he got the job, and everybody does this with every job. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to do this. We're going to explore this opportunity and that opportunity. And it feels the same, doesn't it? And maybe there's like the 40 year deal, maybe that was really important to lock up. But track doesn't feel any different, which it's hard, right? You're going up against strong headwinds. But then also, how do you then justify, well, I've kept everything pretty much the same and I'm getting a, you know, million dollar race? Like, how do you justify that? that? That's where, yeah, that exactly. Like, it's like, fine. He, he might be totally fine at his job. And I'm not, but it's just like, I don't. He, he's it's got to be actually it's clear he's not great at his job because we don't know what he has done and if he was yeah. really great we would have an idea of what it is well let me let me let me flip it around to you though okay what's adam silver done or what's yeah which is what's what's base what's the baseball guy's name uh manfred, Robert manfred. yeah what's like what's gone on during the run i mean i'm sure there's stuff but like what is yeah i guess at least there's just, like some actual changes you could at least be like well they added the play-in tournament and they expanded the playoffs in, in baseball right. and they did like there's like actual changes to the way you consume the sport or the sport itself and then you could certainly argue whether those are good or bad well silver with the bubble and stuff it seems it like it seems like forever ago now but that was a big deal yeah like they got the nba back playing again yeah it was in you know they were in the middle of their season when everything got canceled so and also it's easier to say well they're not doing much but they're at least they're not harming anything because they're making so much money yeah <laughs> when you're not making as much money for everybody then if you want people... pay me 10 percent, i won't hurt anybody i'll keep my head down just sign the checks yeah let's make it happen that much i'll even show up to track meets and you know be an ambassador it's like i i get to fire the gun at every <laughs> yeah. meet because i am the I am the CEO. But yeah, those little changes and stuff. I guess when when the ship is already moving in the right direction, you can make little tweaks here and there. And yeah. then people are, oh, cool. That's great that they did this or that's great that they did that. But track in the US especially is in a rut. So you want somebody who's going to get it out. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, doesn't everyone like think Roger Goodell is like an awful commissioner? And I'm sure he makes like $40 million a year or something insane. But Yeah, like, he makes a lot more than um, than Silver. I remember looking that up. I can look at his salary. But like, right but he's pretty much $63 million. Um, he's pretty much across the board. Like everyone's like, oh, he's terrible at his job and he's loathed across the board. But the sport prints money. So you just kind of go, yeah. well, all right. Well, and, and with them, it's all just 
signing TV deals, right? Right. It's getting the sport onto Amazon or getting it into like these games in they're playing in Germany and stuff. It's like a game in Europe every week now. Yeah, that didn't used true. to happen. Now, maybe that I don't see the point of that, but they do clearly, and yeah. it, it's something they're doing something. Uh, you know, for all the other issues that that people have with Goodell, uh, you're right. The main thing they care about though is are you making a ton of money? And with USATF, there's a stat in here. Like he makes he made like eleven percent of the revenue. <laughs> That's and that's where you just go. Okay, that's bad. Like that that's, seems that seems like a lot, right? Insane amount. Yes, that seems uh, impossibly high. Yeah. Do you make eleven percent of your companies? I think revenue? so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. No wonder you didn't show up to the pod last week. <laughs> I was swimming in my money bin. So <laughs> my money bin. All right. Let's talk about uh, Valencia this weekend. Listeners of the show are excited about this race because. Get the debut of Latensipet Cadet. Yes. And it's being called on the website that I'm on right now Ooh. for the marathon. Cadet, the most eagerly awaited debut possibly ever. <sighs> She's currently the world record holder, Jason. Yeah. The 5, the 10, the 15K, and the half marathon. Um, what's she going to do? Um, the next fastest woman in here has a PB of... 218 uh is gade gonna win number one and is she gonna run something historically fast uh yes she's going to win <clears throat> interesting um, and i mean it you say the fastest one has a 218 she'll probably run faster than that valencia is very fast so yeah fast I think, city all around i think good though is going to run extremely fast uh, i think i think calling it like the most anticipated like might be Dead on. Interesting. You're buying the hype. Jason is a hype so skeptic normally. 5,000, 10,000, half ma- I mean, with 15K, get it out of here. Come on. Uh, <laughs> half marathon. I need like that. World record holder. Yeah. And she's 24. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, she set these records 10 years ago, and that's still exciting, right? But, like, she's in her absolute, like, prime from, you know, age yeah. standpoint and everything. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's just like, how much more... What else could someone do, basically, to warrant more hype than Gaudet has? I mean, wouldn't this be like Bekele debuting in the marathon and would be like 06 or something like 100%, that? 100%, like, yeah. yeah like, it's like, how do you... There, there's very few comparisons because very few people have ever kind of done this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's the most anticipated debut ever. Um, Say that I'm, again louder, but in more, with more feeling. I think this is the most anticipated debut ever hitting my desk that's uh, good yeah uh yeah i mean i'm trying to think of the over under i'm gonna put on that like i think she's gonna run really really fast and i didn't someone throw out like 211 or something for her I, one yeah I'm, I'm not there but i i really ba- especially based on what's happened in the past two years um i'm not willing to put a limit on what she's capable of but uh i i'm i legit think like 215 or so is my over under so world record two fourteen oh four, Chip and Getich just ran two fourteen eighteen at Chicago. Then you have Radcliffe's two fifteen twenty five, Acefa this past fall in Berlin two fifteen thirty seven, Bridget Koskai two seventeen or two sixteen oh two from Tokyo. Those are the marks under two seventeen. Only five of them. Yeah. I think she's gonna smash 
217. Yeah, agreed. I just part of me just worries that it's going to be a Tedesse situation, but she's way better than than he was at the five and the ten. Yeah, he, I just, he's really good in the half though. Is, yeah, a little tough, but but there's always that possibility that like there is a certain threshold where it just doesn't work anymore for some athletes. Yeah, um, so it's it's possible. Like that's on the table. I just think it's a really small possibility. It is cool that she's doing this and she's doing this now, so then she can just go right back into the track, I guess. Yeah. For the for the spring. I don't know what she's gonna do. Yeah, I mean, what if she gets it and she holds the five, ten, the half, and the marathon at the same time? I mean that would she be... moves ahead of Bekele, right? We move him even farther <laughs> down the goat ring. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just it's kidding. it's but she's I mean, she's amazing, obviously. So I just um uh I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I just don't know how. This is this is the kind of stuff we've like joked about in yeah. twelve years in this show. Is like, oh, man, great. what if blah blah did this? And it's like a day's like, all right, you want to see me run the marathon? Sure. Yeah. It's terrific. Okay, let's go to email. Yeah. House of Run at gmail dot com. We got this one. It was old. It's way old now. Um, it's from. Oh, in, in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Okay, so he passed along a link to this YouTube video. You probably didn't watch it. I did because this is from November 8th. Uh, but he says, the recent pod discussion on getting running into the mainstream and the uh, importance or unimportance of times and records and making all this happen brought to mind a recent video I saw. Uh, Josh Peters and Archie Manning, not that Archie Manning, mm. are the furthest people from running or track journalists. They're closer to your stereotypical YouTubers. Dealing mainly in viral stunts, pranks uh, to break into mainstream news every once in a while. With 1.45 million subscribers, they boast a decent following, I would say. The premise of their most recent video was setting up a half marathon around Gatwick Airport in London. It was a funny premise and made for entertaining 10 minutes as pro athletes swerve through passengers in a competitive race in the most bizarre settings. What I found interesting about the video was that the whole reason they brought in pro athletes to do this rather than Joe Soaps. Wait, is that how people in Ireland say like Joe Blow? They Joe. say Joe Soaps? Joe Soaps? Yeah, S-O-A-P-S. I've never seen that before. Oh my gosh. Is this a new thing? That's terrific. Joe Soaps Joe is Soaps. so much cooler than Joe Blow. <laughs> or Joe Ireland Schmo, did it like again. that's a thing too, right? But Joe Soaps. Yeah. <sighs> Ireland, you outdid yourself again. Terrific, terrific oh, folk. All right. Uh, was that they could complete the distance in the time you would typically spend waiting on a flight. Mm. Thus, the entry point for introducing pro runners into this a video was because they could run a particular time. In fact, they say at multiple points how unaware they are of these athletes, and the only credit they seem to give them is they competed for Team GB. Uh, no massive pronouncements or takes to make on the back of this, just simply seeing how long-distance running is portrayed in an incredibly mainstream, non-running platform was very interesting to me and the role times played in portraying the status of these runners to an uneducated audience i'm sure there are plenty more takeaways and observations to be made but i'll let you dissect it yourselves if you wish also if you were to run a professional long distance event in a wacky unconventional venue where would it be and why the answer cannot be on a wonky track in the middle of zurich uh it's owen i thought is i thought they did it heathrow not gatwick uh it does say heathrow on the video yeah Um, yeah because it's gigantic. So they make this course. This video is very well done. You can see why they have 1.45 million subscribers. British YouTubers might be better than American YouTubers, too. Which, yeah, it's, it's the production value is really good. 
Yeah, and they're like on it. They're not like, what's up, guys? I, I had quinoa for lunch. Like they just like get to it. They're kind of funny. The one dude, they get a guy who has a 63-minute PB to show up. And but then they also there's another guy when they flash the PBs, his half is like a seventy-one or something or seventy something. So it's kind of a inching mix. I have no idea how security didn't like get mad at them yeah. at any point. Um in the like beginning of the video, it looks like they're gonna have an issue with them, but there's there's nothing there's nothing that comes about doing it. There's a thousand meter stretch in between two of the terminals that they use for a lot of it. Yeah. I think it's a thousand out and a thousand back. Anybody who's been to Heathrow knows how gigantic that airport is. And then they combine that with a run like directly through the terminal and they start and fit. They started on it. It's hilarious. People watch the video, but they go up the, uh, they go up the elevator and the elevator doors open and they start. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm watching it now too. So I've been kind of scrubbing through it. It's like 10. I think they end up doing 10 laps of this thing. Um, yeah, it was imp- impressive. Very well done. Yeah, I didn't have any grand takeaways other than they're kind of funny. When there's when you listen to it back with, with sound, Jason, you'll laugh at the beginning when they're like saying the guy's names. And he's like, oh, not so-and-so. Like the guy, they clearly have no idea who any of the the people are. I but love it. I thought it was well done. It's a great idea. And it made me wish there were great facilities to run during layovers or long time like accessible showers and stuff it'd be right. great be great to be able to get because waiting at the airport is like the worst so you could replace that with something that's the best which is running it'd be a good way to you know turn your whole day around oh my flight got delayed yeah, i can get in i can get in six miles <laughs> right be incredible <laughs> and kipchoge would be like come on guys we're running out here um anyway check it out we'll put the link in the in the show notes but the it's um What's the name of their ch- what is it what's the name of the channel? Um, I was just there. Let's see. Josh some- Josh and Archie? Okay. Yep, Josh and Archie. They need some promotion, so I just wanted to make sure they Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Guys, send it back our way, you know? Uh Joe, formerly of 75 minutes north of New York City, now 90 minutes north of New York City. Drink. Hey, fellas. Jason's comment about Jamaican marathoners opened a door for me to speak on my knowledge of such endeavors. Of course. My uncle happens to be the Jamaican national record holder in the marathon. Yes. His name is Derek Ringo Adamson. I love it. He competed in the 84 and 88 Olympics and has a PR of 216 that he set in the Philadelphia Marathon. Just a little fun fact. That's Hope fantastic. Well. Uh, Listen, I'm sorry for awesome. making fun of Jamaican marathoners. It was uh, the best you one I could come up with at the time. No, no, you didn't make up fun of it. I think you were – I forget the exact context, but you were just talking about – It was just like kind of someone out of nowhere. Countries the, having yeah, certain specialties. Yeah, that you would expect and, yeah. to, be, yeah, to yeah. be great, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That is awesome. Is that still the well, – he says happens to be, so he's still the – Still the Jamaican marathon record. So the record is 216. Hmm. Dude, that's awesome. That is really awesome. And then listen to the pod. Thank you, Joe. Love it. Love it. Uh, Marshall. Uh, hey, Kevin and Jason. Two items. One, why does the NCAA not host D1, D2, and D3 cross-country championships on the same day and on the same course? I'm sure some would complain about the lack of hotels for major cross-country locations, Terre Haute, Stillwater, Madison, or future host Columbia. The other issue, some would say, is the course could be trash if there were six races in one day, especially if it rains. However, I'm pretty sure Roy Griak, Nutty Comb, Pre-Nats have six races over the course of the day. 
personally, I think it would be a stellar atmosphere. Uh, it would consolidate resources and just make sense. Two, I hosted an NCAA XC watch party this past weekend. It was great until I had to explain the NCAA tiebreaker <laughs> rule. All my friends were dumbstruck that it was not the sixth finisher. When I heard that Dave Smith was protesting the results on the broadcast, I assumed he was protesting the NCAA tiebreak rule. All the best, Marshall uh, from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. No, uh, I think what he was protesting, because Mike Smith, NAU coach, explained it before. It's like there's the finish line and then the, like there's where your chip gets red, and they're two different things. So they were going like athlete by athlete, making sure they had the right order, which I don't blame anybody for going and look like if you lose by a point, yeah, then you have you, to, you, yeah. you're going to be like, Hey, I'm going to go back and, and make sure every single person is given the right finishing spot. Okay. So having D one, D two, D three, I, I think the reasons he brought up are probably good reasons why they push back. Um, he's right about those other invites, having multiple races on the same day. But if it did rain, like, real badly, it would turn into complete slop, and it would be a complete mess. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they don't really – is there any other sport that puts D1, D2, and D3 championships at the same time? I know they don't in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be a probably lot of not, but – Running does lend itself better to that than most. Um, True. But we also, with running, it's like, hey, we have this small manageable thing. You know what we should do? Make it really big right. and unmanageable. It's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I be wouldn't... against it by any means. Um, be interesting. I don't know. Just I also have, think... Have the races go off every 10 minutes. Make it like Mount Sac, yeah. where there's We're... three races on the course at exactly. once. What is going on? The D2 women are on the course. <laughs> uh, so there's 255, just say for sake of argument, there's just an average of 250 per race. I don't know the, I don't know the D2 and D3. I would assume they're smaller, but I no, don't know that for sure. Me. Um, I, mean, I, I could look it up, but... I should know this, but I don't. NC, let's see. NCAA Division II Cross Country Championships. This is all going to be totally worth it. Don't worry, guys. Uh, here we go. Uh, D2, men, 17. No. Um, <laughs> wait, what is this? It says like 300. Wow. Women. Oh, wait, no, that's not, that's just the bib, no, hold on, sorry. Screwed it up, screwed it up. Um, I don't want the damn results, I don't want the... Yeah, I guess the the D3 <laughs> is 292, so, not, uh, okay. not less. Why can I not get, hold on, I need to get the, this is bothering me now. I literally can't find it, like I can't. Come on, NCAA site, results. No, that's just the start list. I don't want the start list. I want the uh, – okay. Let's just – okay, whatever. Let's just say 250, even though it's probably more. So that's 500 per division. So that's 1,500 for division one, two, and three. That's a lot of athletes. That is a lot of athletes. And then parents, coaches – I mean, it would be – I mean, I couldn't get a place to stay in Stillwater. We had to stay in Tulsa. We booked late. But D two three forty four for the men. That, 
that can't be right. That's that's what I'm saying. That that's wrong. Like that's just and the, skip. Wait, the women's six eighty four? No, it's skip number. It's just that's the bib numbers. That's what that's what you're looking at. Oh, the, the women pick up where the men left off. So there's so the men do run one two three. Yeah, I don't think they skip any here. One to three forty four, and the women run three forty five to six eighty four. There's no way. There's no way. There's three hundred. I'm um, okay. This is. I mean, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I see. I think they're they're entering more than seven though in that, right? Um, yeah, I guess Saginaw Valley, for instance, has nine runners listed here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. All right, I'm looking at 2019. I'm gonna go look up 2019. Here we go. Oh, I realized like why we couldn't find results because it hasn't happened yet. It's on December second. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> Cut all this from the pod. Okay. 262. Okay, so 250-ish is, is about right. But And then they had five DNFs, so 267. So it is, yeah. And some of these teams are showing 10 people, nine people. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's probably closer It's probably closer to – when you talk about alternates, right? So it's closer to 300 per division, per gender. So that's 1,800 athletes. That's a lot. That's a lot in one spot. That is quite a bit. And, and the thing is, it's like, what's the what's the appeal to having it? I, I mean, D2, D3 would get bigger audiences, but it's not. there's not a ton of crossover interest in it. Yeah, I guess you're just, you know, giving... I mean, it would be fun to go, right? You're, I guess you're going to see three championships, and that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how many people are keeping up with all the divisions. Yeah. More more running, I guess. All right, uh, more Marshall. In light of Earth Sports totally screwing up Women's Athlete of the Year finals, I went to Olympics.com to try and figure out why this is even a sport. Um, he's talking about race walking. Race walking is believed to originate in the Victorian era when noblemen would gamble on their footmen, which are serfs who walked alongside the noblemen's horse-driven coaches. It was later known as pedestrianism. I'm not making this up. <laughs> He could totally be making up this entire email, by the way. I hope, I hope it ends with, you idiot. I made you idiots read this. Yeah. It was a spectacle sport. What does he mean spectator sport? I guess a spectacle sport. With brass bands and vendors selling pickled eggs and roasted <laughs> chestnuts. He's making this up. I want it to get weirder. Come on. As participants walked 1,000 kilometers in six days. Predecessor to ultras. Growth was driven by gamblers who would place bets on which participants would drop out first. At some point, England formalized the event and created the rule requiring one foot in contact with the ground at all times as visible to the human eye. Kudos to whoever figured out early on to not rely upon technology so they'll avoid today's false start-like issues. Apparently, an athlete's knee of their advancing leg must not bend and the leg must straighten out. There are five to nine judges inspecting the race with their naked eyes. Athletes are given three paddle warnings, before, yellow paddle warnings, before receiving a red disqualification paddle. I believe pedestrianism reached its peak when it was in the main plot of Malcolm in the Middle episode. I in remember that late nineties. The father Hal became very competitive and watched endless tapes of his unbeatable competitor before discovering the com- uh, competitor was off the ground. To recap, pedestrianism was largely started by aristocrat degenerate gamblers and was later turned into indoor ultra races as growth accelerated. At some point, somebody figured out that if they could run, they would probably win. Instead, running was outlawed, which would have been akin to the government outlawing Ford's Model T to protect the horse-drawn carriage industry. (laughs) We then added judges who are unable to use modern technology to ensure everybody's walking and have total power to disqualify people. Why not throw human judgment into the equation during a freaking, freaking foot race? Finally, 
I spent my fair share of time at AAU track meets. The worst part of those meets is not the parent cursing you out in front of the six-year-old daughter because he thinks he timed his daughter as 400 at 142 when I timed the race in 202, nor is it the parent arguing about medals or finishing spots, nor the police um, handing out gun locks at the concession stand, uh, nor the 90 minutes it takes to run all the heats in 100. The worst part is watching seven-year-old kids Oh, in the, in the, in the race walk. Um, I'm recommending, I'm recommending earth sports remove pedestrianism from its portfolio of events. It would probably be the sanest decision the organization has ever made. He says he will forever refer to race walking as pedestrianism. Uh, that is Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. I think they should go back to the, the, the era when they, was it eating chestnuts or something? What did he say? Yeah, there were chestnuts involved, gambling. Pickled um, eggs? Pickled eggs. The pickled eggs era. I think you should have to eat a pickled leg after every lap. Um, You're a big... I mean, you have deep ties to the race walking world. So. I do. I'm... <sighs> there are athletes who compete in it, so I don't want to be too cruel to it. I think it's a very, very silly sport. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, granted, you could say the same about all of swimming's different strokes mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like, Hey, why would anyone swim breaststroke when you could just be way faster the other way? Um, and you would be right. And I think swimming can be silly as well. So overall, I think it's kind of dumb, but it doesn't really hurt anybody, but I kind of like pedestrianism and all the things it used to be. So let's keep it. Let, let's go back to that. Yeah. Go back to the pedestrianism. era. You're right. Like what is it accomplished by getting it out? I guess you just, if you want to, make things if you want to shorten meats or whatever yeah, yeah yeah cut out cut out some some stuff but i don't know are there is anybody a race walking fan who listens to this I, I will not make fun of you i promise i just curious email in if you if you are mm-hmm. uh mike z from tampa subject line don't sleep on florida everyone knows or thinks they know the big high school cross-country hotbeds but florida the state not states has had uh best finish of any state at this recent NCAA cross-country championship charles hicks of Bowles High School in Jacksonville, Parker Valby of East Lake High School, north of St. Pete. And the biggest surprise was Bailey Hertenstein of Colorado, formerly of Indiana, Drink, and more formerly of my alma mater, Newsome High School in the suburbs of Tampa, placing fifth after finishing 31st in 2019 and 28th in 2020. Ones to watch include Mary Ellen Udali, who is 21st at Regionals for Arkansas, Caroline Wells, currently a freshman at Stanford, of course, Reinhardt Harrison of uh, U of O. Coming down the pipeline will soon be Patrick Kuhn, class of 2024, qualified for Foot Locker. I can't call it East Bay as a sophomore last year after winning cross-country state. Ran 9-11 last year and won cross-country again in a course record. Keep up the good work. That is Mike Z from Tampa. Florida. Florida's. I mean, they'll they they always be known as the sprinting spot, but uh, I don't know. Bring it, bring it all the way around here. Yeah. I mean – you got a huge population, right? I mean that helps. Yeah. That's that's a good start. So you're gonna get you're gonna get some folks that can uh that can run distance. But I I had forgotten that Hicks was from there. Because Hicks represents uh Britain because he oh, yeah. grew up there too. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Noah in Oregon. Uh, this fall of you have talked a lot about ideas for growing the sport. Honestly, I like track as it is, though I would agree that it can be hard watching for people who don't know the difference between a 1253 and a 1553 5k or a 1500 and a 15k. 
which is, of course, pretty much every non-runner in the world. That said, you guys have mentioned that even among runners, watching our sport isn't always a top priority. On one level, that is fine. Running is a sport that people do not watch. We can be okay with that. Nobody's watching mountaineering. And for most uh, guys scaling summits around the world, that's fine. That's not why they do it. Not everything is meant to be watched. That said, there's one thing I don't like, and the email just disappeared. I'd say I just was reading it, and it disappeared as well. What just happened? Wait, are you serious? I was looking right at it, and all of a sudden, my, it was gone. It's like an Inception. <laughs> I, d- I, swear, I was like, well, at least Kevin can still see it, and then yours disappeared a second after mine. How does that work? I, I don't know. I'm looking in other folders to see if it somehow got moved. That was really weird. It's not in the trash. <laughs> did any of the other ones disappear? How did it disappear? I, I don't. I, I was scrolling. I didn't delete it. <laughs> That's really weird. I'm so confused. I'm sorry, Noah. If you have it, send it again. Yeah, re- I'll read the rest of it. I- All right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to read this one from Marshall real quick. I think there was another one here that's gone, too. There was two next to each other, and then there was Marshall's. Wait, I just found How did I find it? You found it? Yeah, I don't know how. I just searched for Noah and growing the sport. <laughs> and you searched for Noah, and 400 emails <laughs> came up from seven different Noahs? All right, I'll finish this guy off here. Uh, nobody is watching mountaineering. And for most guys scaling summits around the world, that's fine. That's not why they do it. Not everything is meant to be watched. That said, there is one thing I don't like, and that is the difficulty of finding events when I do want to watch them. Why is it so impossibly hard to find and watch major events? Recently, I tried to watch NCAA cross uh, cross championships, but somehow, despite the fact that I have, quote, all the channels, I couldn't find a link that actually worked until the race was over. It seems like this race, uh, this happens about half the time when I try to find a race. Is it too much to ask for a single website with a calendar of all major events and where to watch them? This would be amazing. Is there a reason we do not have this already? That's from Noah. P.S. On a side note, if you really wanted to engage a wider population of American sports fans, try switching all event distances to football fields. This gives you instant relatability. Mm-hmm. If you want our nation's uncles and coworkers to understand what we are doing out there, you have to put it in terms they already know. Running a 1500 is meaningless to them. It is always going to be better to remind them that is like going end zone to end zone 16 times. <laughs> 16 who won the 16 football right. race uh jesse used to put together a cool calendar of where all the meets were i think yeah part of this is unique to track just because it's not that big of a sport so it's harder to find stuff but i will say all sports are getting a little more fragmented with where you find their events between all the different that's true streaming services. running's always been bad but it is getting worse even well Take the NFL. It's like, all right, this th- the Thursday night games on Amazon now. Is that do I have that right? Yes. And what's Monday night football on now? Monday's ESPN. Okay. Sunday and night's NBC. Yeah. Now that's pretty simple, but that's way different than it used to be. Right. My point being, like, I don't know. It's just, I think because it's not that big of a sport, it's getting. Uh, it's just it's going to be harder to track. What was it, what was cross on as ESPN U? Is that is that right or ESPN two? Also, few people have if when stuff's on cable, not everybody has cable, or they'll have a YouTube TV or they'll have Sling. So it's just or Apple TV. The amount of free trials of things I've had to watch uh, running events is off the charts. Yeah, so it's just it. Yeah, Peacock. Like there's just. 
I'm just gonna name streaming services again. Uh, it's just, but we as consumers don't all have the same thing either. Is my point, right? So, it might be easy for someone. Like it might be easy for me to find the World Cup because I might happen to have something that has whatever channel the World Cup is being broadcast on, but another person might be having to jump through a bunch of hoops to to find it. Anyway, all right, let's keep going though. Um, before emails disappeared, can you read the? Are there two other ones that are up there? Uh, there's another Marshall one. I just see Subject a Marshall line. one. Okay, and there's nothing. See, I think another one disappeared. I don't. Th- I, I thought when we were reading the Noah one, that was the second to last. I, I could be could be wrong on that. Okay, maybe you're right. All right, I can read or Marshall. It's quick. If uh, you did not hear your email, resend it. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. Ticket sales for the Budapest World Championships go on sale on December 8th. I've made up my mind that I'm going this year to every session. Wow. Two questions for those who are experienced in attending past championships, probably excluding Doha since no one attended that year. Hey, I take offense <laughs> to that. Am I better off buying tickets through War Athletics' website during the initial sale or from scalpers on the day of the event? Two, any recommendations on hotel versus Airbnb versus hostel? That's Marshall. So, um, One, uh, do a podcast. Get your awesome listeners to give you tickets. Uh, and two, stay at Kevin's parents' house. <laughs> well, that's, that's easy, right? That's I, I, Sorry, I just that seems like the easiest way to go. Marshall, I don't know why you're complicating things with hotels and official websites. I don't want to be the guy that says, don't worry about tickets, and then you find yourself in a country and you can't get tickets, a country that you're unfamiliar with. Yeah. But I just, that stadium's pretty big. I think you'll be able to find tickets when you get there. Now, I guess it just depends, though. Do you want the peace of mind of already having the tickets locked up? You're looking to save a few bucks? I just. And I wonder if it's, and I, I you know, I've been to. This World Championships, and that's it. Um, so, so no experience here at all. Uh, but I wonder if, like, you're looking what's some really good seats. It might be better to buy early because those are more likely to be marked up, right? Yeah. Like, if you're yeah, if you're yeah. going for finish line or something crazy, but if you're going every session, you, that might be difficult. But it might be good to like try to scoop up some really good tickets early. But if you just want to get in the building, I would imagine it'll be easier to get tickets later. Yeah. So I went to the two extremes, even though Eugene wasn't um, wasn't a complete sellout every single session. It was it, it was, was busy like, though. Yeah. Well, and the tickets were in high demand. Like every time they put the thing on sale, it was like they're all gone, and the prices kept going up and up. Versus Doha, where they were giving them away and filling buses of people and to try to make the stadium look full. So I saw both sides of it. I just think. It's in Budapest, which is a major European city. Uh, they've had big-time track meets there before. It's obviously not going to be like Doha. It's not going to be like Daegu or um, you know, Moscow, where there was a fair bit of empty seats as well, too. So I, I would expect it to be more crowded than that. But it's also – I don't think it's going to be Berlin or London either, right? Right. Is, is that the – so – and, it, and it's, the stadium's going to be bit, much bigger than Hayward Field. So, again, I don't want to tell you, yeah, go all the way ha- halfway across the world not having a plan. But I think if you're willing to spend a little bit of money, then you'll be able to get in. Martin from the UK, you've been to all these. Give give your opinion on this. Also, too, like, I mean, how cool, how comfortable are you with, like, doing scalping, like, over there? 
Yeah, that's that a good like point. A, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't. I personally, I'll buy the tickets now. That's what I would do. Because, but I'm a warrior, not a warrior, but a warrior, which is the complete opposite <laughs> of a warrior. Uh, and I would be panicked, and then I would go and I'd see that there's like seven empty sections. I'd be like, "Well, good thing I got my seats, <laughs> and I paid for premium parking too." <laughs> Uh, I don't know anything about the hotel situation though. So we'll have to have someone write in about that. I've never been there. Yeah. What are the chances you go to Budapest just cause you like to travel to Europe? I do like to travel to Europe. I mean, I'm going to Europe in April slash May, but when that gets canceled, cause it's going <laughs> to get canceled or COVID six. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so you'll like Johnny football, like break her ankle or something like that. <laughs> I swear, if you put that Sorry, on us. if that happens, it's uh, not my fault. It's not my <laughs> fault. Yeah, if that doesn't happen for some reason, I will certainly look into Budapest. Yeah, I, I heard, yeah. Well, it's close to close to a lot of things, too. So you could just, like, swing by for Just be like, hey, we just got to watch this quick session of the men's 40-meter hurdles. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there's, like, everybody loves Eastern Europe, don't they? Yeah. Now, it's the in place. I'll go anywhere. All right. The email address, houseofrun at gmail.com. Um, write in. Let us know. We've got a lot of stuff going on this weekend between uh, Valencia Marathon and, and some other races. So we'll have, uh, we'll have stuff to talk about next week. We'll be back next week. We'll not take a week off again for a good long while. But uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Thanks to you, Jason. And we'll talk to you next time. Jessica Ennis, did you run the Interfaith Food Pantry and Resource Center and Literacy Volunteers of Morris County's 13th Annual Mount Morris Township Turkey Trot 5K and One Mile Fun Run Walk and ki- Kids Trot to Fight Hunger and Promote Literacy? <laughs> oh, I almost nailed it. Uh, you were close. And how much money did Fighting Nemo gross? <laughs>